Hello, and welcome to my Neurodivergent Diary with me, Kitty Cowell. In this podcast series, I'll be interviewing both neurotypical and neurodivergent people about all kinds of subjects, from dating to fashion to music and more, to see how we relate or don't relate in our experiences and thinking. Today, I have got my friend, Nick Marilyn, with me, and who is fresh off a plane. You've been in India. Yeah. Um, and just to start with, to explain who you are, so Nick is a makeup artist and a makeup brand owner. Yep. Yeah. And now a yogi. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been in India for three months. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Literally got back last night. <laughs> yeah. So this Nick is literally one of my besties and I haven't I haven't seen her in three months until she just walked through the podcast door. So you're just gonna basically have a <laughs> podcast of us catching up right now. <laughs> Live catch up. <laughs> so um to start with, because of the theme of the podcast, do you know whether you are neurodivergent or neurotypical? Like, so I'm dyslexic, definitely. Okay, right. So you, that means you're neurodivergent. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure that I'm definitely something, maybe More. ADD, yeah. something. Like I've been... I'm pretty sure you are. <laughs> yeah. Like I've always got like a million things going on and I'm always leaving like... I've been watching TikToks about people with ADHD to see if I like have things. And there was this one... There's this one woman and she was like, do you make doom piles so you don't actually put things away? You just make new piles yeah. for the things that you're trying to put away. And I was like, oh, I do that. You do do that. <laughs> you do do that. <laughs> you do that more than me as well. Like, yeah. I do that. I have this thing, right? Like, I was, I was really depressed as a kid, right? But I didn't really know what it was, if that makes sense. And um, I say in my 20s, I started to figure that stuff out, right? And before that, I was, like, doom piles everywhere. And I was so disorganized. And, like, it's because it's true, that thing that they say of, like, having a cloud on you when you're, like, depressed. I generally had that for most of my life. And then when I kind of woke up and, like, came out of that and slowly started to, like, you know, work on my mental health... I'm also neurodivergent, right? And, like, I'm definitely dyslexic, like, diagnosed and going through the process now to get to see if I'm ADD or ADHD as well, right? Pretty sure that I am. But I think having done so much work on my mental health, a big part of, like, learning to get out of that depression cloud was, like, organization because I was so, like, late to things. I was so messy. When I think back to, like, my teenage rooms and stuff, yeah, like, they were awesome, but, like, I didn't really know where to put things or, you know what I mean? Like, I just, it was, it was weird. And now I'm like, try to be so tidy because it really helps me. And I know that's a big part of like my mental health kind of development, if that makes sense. So I always make sure I'm tidying and cleaning. But at the same time, I have this organized mess. So yeah. like mine is just like an elevation and there's just drawers and I'm like, I have to go through them every month because it is just like a doom pile in a drawer, but at least I can shut the drawer. You know what Honestly, I mean? and I think all my best mates are exactly the same. <laughs> this, this is something that like is talked about a lot, right? How um, neurodivergent people seem to like be drawn together. Do you think, because I'm talking about this to all my friends, talking about this to other people on this podcast, right? About how... How it has affected us being neurodivergent in terms of like relationships and meeting people and friendships and you know what I mean? Because have you found it hard, whether it's like, and I mean all kinds of relationships, I mean like in the workplace, 
or, or romantic relationships like how do you feel like do you because I feel like sometimes people just didn't understand me and a lot of that was also like confidence and and things but that probably stems back to like being just our brains being different mm. and learning how to communicate properly which everybody has to do but it's like is more is different you know as a neurodivergent person right yeah, I think the first thing that popped into my head was probably my parents and the generational division. Yeah. So um, I know that my mum, for example, was always going mental at me for being, like, messy, same thing. Yeah. And, like, even, like, when I was trying to come back from India, I really noticed this, actually, because my dad... Um, my dad booked the initial flight and booked a flexi flight to come back, and it was very difficult because he was he's so last minute so disorganized right. like and that like stressed me out so yeah. much because the flight ticket prices were going up in case we couldn't change the return flight he couldn't get through to the airline anyway this is really boring no but like off, yeah but i get you he didn't understand why i was like being so like wound up by it because he's so chill he'll be right. he'll just turn up with a backpack <laughs> to an airport and go somewhere like right. which i really like love that about him yeah. as well but that's just like not something that i am very good at like relaxing into <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. i think mm. because because if you were left in charge of that right I'm not, like, you could probably admit that, like, you know, it's still hard for you to, like, make that, but you would prioritise trying to make it as organised as possible in a disorganised way, probably, yeah. because you know that otherwise it's going to make your, basically, ADHD traits, like, I say this, you know, we both don't know if we're definitely diagnosed yet, mm. but we're both dyslexic, and I think that has also, you know, an impact on those kind of things. As a dyslexic person, even just having to, like, read and remember and know, like, all the information, right, it's hard yeah. for us. And so when we're trying to, like, plan to do things, if someone is disorganized and we're not in control, we lose control and then we feel like we're just not going to be there on time. Like, we're going to fuck up. Mm. It's so true. Yeah. yeah, it's so true. Exactly that. And I think also, like, my parents maybe don't have the same kind of knowledge of what ADHD even is yeah. or what dyslexia even is. And so they don't really have that kind of level compassion. of empathy and compassion, yeah. yeah, to, like, you know, what we would have for each other. And I think it's so interesting, actually, how generationally we are becoming a lot more aware of, like, yeah. how to um, have that kind of, like, empathy and compassion towards people with ADHD and stuff like that um, i think i think you know what, i really want to talk about dyslexia because right now and i'm glad about it because it's helping like you know people like us figure stuff out but the focus has been on social media especially on tiktok and stuff um adhd and autism which is mm. like fascinating but we're like dyslexic and dyslexia has completely ruled my life like my my life has gone in a certain way because i'm dyslexic yeah. I, went, I went to six schools like i chain you know I left university after two years like all these different things and then I went to a different course like and I think it's because it's hard to learn like I'm I'm like intelligent I have a high IQ and that made it even harder because they're like oh you're dyslexic like we put you in this class and it's like oh she's bored because she's actually like not stupid you know what I mean mm. and then being an adult um just having to navigate like genuinely this morning getting here okay I know, and it's you and me know, like, we have this all the time. Like, Nick's not been here for three months, but, like, you know, I can just blink and remember what it was like when you were here, right? Even just us organising each other, like, to meet, and so there always is something, right? Um, me trying to get here today, the Northern Line is a bitch, right? Yeah. It's got, like, all these different, like, you have 
always like a north and a south or like, you know, different directions the tube goes. Like it goes one way and the other way, right? The northern line has like four because it has a south <laughs> and then it has like a going via Charing Cross, going via Bank and the north. And I was looking at my phone and it was going, you're going southbound on the, on the northern line. And I was stood there looking at southbound on the northern line and Waterloo was not on it. And I was like, I know I'm dyslexic, so I'm going to stand here for a few more minutes. I'm going to look back at my phone, look back up because I miss stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe it does say Waterloo. And after several attempts, I was like, this is wrong. So I started walking in a different direction. And it's really bad of the tube because I'm like, would you just not tell people? Because all it said was southbound and northbound. And I was like, because in different people who don't know, who don't live in London, right? Different tube stations only have parts of the northern line. So sometimes you can't get to the other part, even if they've got it going to Charing Cross, you can't go south or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a very confusing line. So I was assuming they only had those two because that was all that was like on the boards, right? Walked around for a bit and saw that there was, if you want to go to Northern Line via Charing Cross, it's this way. And I was like, so it's not even southbound. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it is, but it's not what that says, southbound. And as a dyslexic person, you're so frustrated. Like I generally get to a point of like, I think I'm going to cry because I can't navigate life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can also relate with my story of getting here. Oh my God. Go on, tell us. So, like, so I was Nick like, was late, by the way. So I was getting the tube, first tube from my new house, by the way. Yeah. Um, nice. So that was a whole new exciting moment. Yeah, yeah. And um, I had to get the Waterloo and City line, which is like blue colour. So yeah. in my head, I'm looking at colours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so dyslexic person looks at the colours. Yeah, always. Which is also the same colour as the DLR. Yeah, So shit. I got off at... Um, I think it was Bank, right. jumped on oh, the blue no. line. You went on the freaking... Jumped on the blue line thinking, <laughs> oh, this will get me to Waterloo. It's only one stop. And then it was like, next stop is Shadwell. And I was like, oh. oh no. <laughs> so I got off at Shadwell, came back, and then and then walked another 10 minutes to the um, Waterloo and City line. So, yeah, that was my oh, dyslexic um, travel experience this morning. Every day, though. <laughs> it's so hard, isn't it? Every day. Yeah, and we've been here for years, like... yeah. Literally, it is. We have no excuse. <laughs> but it's because, you know what I find as well, right? When I've got a certain route that I usually take, like, for example, mm-hmm. now I just have the Piccadilly line where I live. So, like, there's only the Piccadilly line I can get, right? <laughs> so sometimes I go on autopilot because I'm like, usually I'll go to Shoreditch. I don't know, like, every, for some reason, lots of things that I do are in Shoreditch, mm-hmm. right? Even though as a freelancer, I could have a shoot like you, like, as a makeup artist. We could be anywhere on a job, right? It just happens to be that there are some like routes and locations that you tend to go to more. Sometimes I'm going to a completely different one, but I just start going that way on autopilot. Mm -hmm. Because I think once I know something, I'm so like confident and comfortable in it that I'm like, I've nailed this one. (laughs) (laughs) Anything off of that, I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah. (laughs) And it's the same. Do you know? I thought like, oh my god, I have a car now. I'm driving around London, I'm not gonna have this issue, right? And then there's signs, <laughs> there's road signs. I keep getting freaking parking tickets because in all honesty, like I think it is a mixture of dyslexia and also London and they're trying to catch you out. They have all these new signs that don't even like say anything on them and they're so confusing. Just have a picture of a car and you're like, does that mean I'm allowed to go in? Why am I allowed to go in? It's so confusing. Only once you've had a ticket do you then realise that, you know. Yeah, it's very, very frustrating and genuinely... I had I had this thing recently. I was in Cheltenham Spa with my mum because she lives like not that far from there, right? Took her shopping for the day and we parked. And the day before I'd been out with my two best friends from school, like, you know, back home. 
And one of them, the, it's the middle of nowhere, the Cotswolds, there's like bad signal. So one of them couldn't get the app on her phone to like pay for parking. So I put hers on mine. So I paid for both of them. And then the next day I went to pay for parking on my car and I didn't realize because they did not make it clear on this app that actually it's like it's her registration is still like coming up rather than mine. Like mine's in the app and I pay for parking like every week on the app, right? And I got out, like like we parked, we paid, we parked, we've been out for like two hours and I went to check to like, oh, I probably need to add a bit more because we're going to stay longer and I nearly fucking cried. I'm not joking. I was like, fuck, I've paid for it on Katie's car and Katie's not here in Cheltenham. <laughs> and I was like, but that was not clear. Like they should have made it like, considering my car has been on that, that app for like years, literally. They didn't flag it. It wasn't bold. It wasn't like obvious. And that is not made for a dyslexic person. And then I'm there, like, trying to change it and then pay for parking on, on my car. But I'm like, I've probably got a ticket by now, haven't I? And I did. And I was just there near, trying to not have a breakdown with my mum. But it was just like, this world is not made for me because, like, someone else probably would have seen that. But I don't see black on white text or black on grey on an app as well as, like, and if it's not bold and obvious. And that kind of stuff happens so often that, like... I generally just honestly think to myself, the world isn't made for me. And like, it's unfair because I'm getting parking tickets that other people won't get. Mm. And I actually wrote to the to the app and they let me off for that one. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's never happened in London. They never listen to me. You know, like they don't yeah, give a that's shit. that's good. But yeah, it did make me feel good. It was, <laughs> it's like a £35 ticket as opposed to a £60 ticket in London. But still, I was like, thank you. And they said, we're going to feed back that information to like the development team, which is good. Yeah, good progress. Mm. How do we do that with TFL is what I want to know. <laughs> Please make your blue colours different. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's fucking true because imagine you're colourblind. Oh, God, stop it. That's a whole other thing, right? Yeah. Like, it is, you know, this is a thing about ableness. This, mm-hmm. this, is, this is, like, I hate it because, you know, we're intelligent people and not to diss anyone that isn't, but, like, you know, my mum said to me, well, it's a registered, like, disability dyslexia. And they should be thinking about how they write, you know, their signs or their apps. And and I was like, you're right. And, you know, I am going to say it. But I hate, like, I don't want to be labeled disabled. But then that's like my mum. My mum has fibromyalgia. And there was a point in her life where she was so ill that she was classified disabled. And she hated that label. You know what I mean? We've just been so, like, it's been used as such a negative word, disability. Yeah, I almost feel as well, like... You know, I mean, you've definitely seen in Fashion Week and stuff, they've been including more disabled models, which is very cool. And, like, I also think, like, everyone at some point in their lives is probably going to be disabled. So, like, we all need to kind of come to terms with the fact that it's actually, like, totally normal. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, like, cool as well. Like, it's, like, really cool to, like, have all these beautiful differences and they should be kind of embraced because... That's just how life is. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a weird kind of contradiction there as well because we want to see um, accessibility, right? Mm-hmm. And we want to see diversity. Um, we, we want life to be easier for people that are disabled. Um, and within normalising it, it's, there's this hard kind of like, I don't know, wall or like area where people want to be heard. People want there to be access like available for them. But we don't want to normalise disability in the respect that, like, everyone's like, well, we're all a bit disabled. It's a bit like people going, oh, well, we're all a bit depressed. And it's like, mm. well, okay, but are you in a wheelchair? Well, okay, but are you actually clinically depressed? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And so it's like we want to normalize it as in the word not being looked at as a as a negative thing, same as depression. Yeah. I think we it's that same thing, isn't it? Yeah. But then there are people that are like, well, I am actually physically disabled. And if you're gonna compare like let's say dyslexia to that, like obviously it's not the same. Um we want to advocate for all kinds of disability. And yes, it's true. Like it's great to see like the physical disabilities like yep. sort of represented on a catwalk like that's amazing i did a whole youtube series like mini youtube series a few years ago as a collaboration with a brand where it was um showcasing people that have disabilities that are not visible like specifically or not just disabilities but things that they have that are like a problem shall we say that are mm. not visible so like dyslexia with me and depression I came out and sort of said about that and there was one of my friends had a drinking problem you know and one of my friends was um autistic ADHD like on the spectrum another friend had like a newly diagnosed kind of crippling anxiety um disorder and it's you can't see those things so it's like this constant battle of trying to advocate for everybody because some things are like so debilitating and more visible you get what i mean like having one leg or it's really hard to compare isn't it because yeah. i mean there's there's the mental health there's the physical health yeah. it's all levels of health and there's like complete sliding scales on both spectrums and you know even we could go as far as like you know in like elderly people there's yeah. like parkinson's yeah. you know things like that it's not like a physical um health condition it's more yeah, mental, mental but it's yeah. still super debilitating yeah yeah so i mean you could we could talk about that yeah. forever it's true it's true so um, let's go on. relationships yeah this is what i was about to say <laughs> so i wanted to ask you about relationships um it's what we were trying to touch on originally, isn't it? <laughs> but i want to ask like how you think it's affected you in terms of like making friends or dating interesting i think in terms of in terms of making friends I'm not sure because I think I was definitely quite shy when I was younger, but I'm not I'm not sure why. I'm not sure what the like influence was, whether that was because I was like not very good with like words or whether it was to do with, you know, ADHD potentially or like mm. dyslexia or anything. I'm not sure what the reason behind it was, but I was quite shy when I was younger. And then I guess just like generally like being pushed to like go traveling and like mm. you know really trying to push myself to like not be stuck in a nine to five lifestyle that like you know certain people around me have been and yeah. um i think that like helped you to make friendships you mean like, kind I, yeah of, like, I, i'm more confident yeah i think just like by like pushing myself to find ways to cope with new situations yes right helped me to have the confidence to be a bit more like open to things yeah but it's definitely been like a learning process of like finding the coping mechanisms and yeah. applying them and being like self-aware that you know you have to have that compassion with yourself as well that's like look I know that was really stressful and that's okay because yes. you find this stressful and not everyone does but you do yeah 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 <laughs> you know totally. so a lot of it's about like finding that kind of like compassion for yourself and even if we're not completely diagnosed with something, just, like, kind of thinking maybe we could be. Yeah. And kind of having that reminder and that, like, I guess, like, knowledge behind, you know, here's what could be behind this yeah. feeling. And 
I guess having a reason behind the feeling feels nice, but also not having a reason behind the feeling could feel nice too. And just being like, yeah. sometimes the moon could make us feel emotional. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... As spiritual creatures. Honestly, like, yeah. it was... When I was in India, there was this one day, it was full moon. This is me in the hippie <laughs> world now. Um, you know, and, I'm so in that too. And well. honestly, I was just like, the, I don't know what was going on. I was just like, I need to have a cry for a minute. And I just had a little cry and I was like, okay, I'm uh, back. Uh, it's just like an emotional day. And also, the waves were crazy on that day. There you go. And the waves is controlled by the moon. It's so. true. It's scientific. It's true. Yeah. I do find all of that stuff very fascinating and interesting. Yeah. I think, like, I, I wanted to know, right, how, as somebody who, like, you know, has potential ADHD or has those traits, right, and struggles of, like, timekeeping and, like, doom piles and and is dyslexic and so you struggle with like words right mm -hmm. how has communication been in terms of relationships whether that's with your parents or with friends or boyfriends or girlfriends you know yeah um yeah, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> um, yeah so i think i think that i found communication you know what, I think the meditation side of doing yoga and stuff has really helped. Yeah. And I think a lot of things come back to this kind of like having a minute, trying to self-regulate your emotions, yeah. stepping back, thinking about actually what is it that you mean versus what you're feeling right now in yes. this second. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, my mum definitely has quite like a short fuse, which I think stems from her potentially having some sort of dyslexia dyspraxia something right. and the more that I um kind of reflect on how my mum responds to things the more that I can be like okay I don't want to respond like that what yeah. can I do to prevent that mm. um and I'm grateful that she has been like that so that I can like really realize how I could have reacted in yeah, certain yeah. situations um so I think, you know, everything is just learning. Everything is, like, human responses to something. Yeah. And I think that um, I've definitely spent a lot of time, like, practising, um, you know, noticing feelings. Like, like if, mindfulness. Yeah, yeah, mindfulness. Like, if you feel overwhelmed by something, if you need to cry, cry, and it's fine. Yeah. Step back, have a cry. Let people know you need a minute. Yes. I think I've definitely, um, more recently, mm. <laughs> been seeing someone that, um, well, not that recent anymore, but um, seeing mm. someone that didn't really get that space yeah, yeah. element and um, that kind of, like, pressure to deal with situations there and then yeah. was something that I couldn't deal with. And yeah. And, you know, there has to be, like, a good good level of communication and empathy and there has to be a good level of, like, respecting emotions as a reaction rather than a response coming from, like, a place of control. Yeah, so true. Um, so I think in terms of, like, you know, the overwhelm that comes with ADHD and dyslexia, it can kind of, like, be difficult when there's, like, disagreements, you know, every relationship, like, yeah. you know, romantic friendship parents anything there's always going to be um differences that you have to discuss and work out problems for yeah so i think the key thing that i've learned from like everything is um how to kind of deal with problems in a way that's more um more kind of like present and less emotional yeah so like sometimes i find writing things down like if there's something that's really overwhelming me i literally have a structure where i'm like okay here's what happened here's what i feel like 
should have happened. Mm. Here's what I'd like to do about it, options. Yeah. Here's what I'd like to do going forward. And then, like, here's the conclusion that we agreed together and get the other person to also maybe write things down if they're comfortable with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I think writing it down, like, really just helps you kind of go through things. Like, also, if there's, like, a disagreement that I'm having with someone, I'd much rather weirdly type it out in a WhatsApp message because it gives me a minute to just think about what I'm yeah. going to say. Because sometimes I'm not quick at being like, oh, what what did we just say then? Like, yeah. in an argument, I have to, like, go away, like, let it sink in, think about you know what has actually happened and mm. then respond to it yeah and I guess that's probably through dyslexia as well yeah it's really interesting because when I was growing up like I was diagnosed so young and there were certain beliefs about dyslexia right which you know some are still thought and some are, have changed quite drastically the spectrum of dyslexia is really vast now and that's what's like believed you know that's what's um diagnosed if that mm. makes sense my mum has to retrain every year you know to learn different things and kind of like it's like how, it's like a curriculum almost you know and my belief was that like we're re we're, we're more creative because our brain is in a different like basically the way that the pattern of us to like think is is different to neurotypical people so instead of it going from a to b it kind of goes from like a to c to g to z back to a or whatever yeah. right but what I've learned is, although that's true, there's different like ways that those patterns happen, which makes other things easier and other things different for like dyslexic people. So, for example, for me, I find um, a voice note so much easier. I might write stuff down a lot before to think it through and listen back if someone sent me a voice note. And I can write things down, but the biggest struggles I had were with um, reading and writing, spelling specifically, right? It was a big issue for me. And like still is, but I'm much better because I've had so much help. But like saying things, I find a lot easier. Obviously taking a moment and like usually it's better for me if I record it as opposed to like, you know, a voice note in WhatsApp. Like, yeah, so if it's something quick, I quite like voice noting it. But if it's really important, I will probably write it down, reread it and rewrite it several times. And then if I do want to send a voice note, I might do one of those ones where it's like a recording app in your phone and then send it to the person. But generally, I tend to prefer voice notes because of spelling and like saying the wrong thing. I always seem to write something wrong. Um, but you prefer writing it out. Yeah. yeah, I prefer writing it out because I always think, oh, if I'm going to be voice noting, I'll probably repeat myself 12 times, mm. say something that I'm not sure about, <laughs> and then I have to redo the whole thing again. But if it's a message, I can make it a lot more concise yeah, and I can make it a lot shorter yeah. and a lot less emotional. And it helps me like filter out the emotion a that lot more true. as well. So I always find that when I type something out, I can really like reflect on it and edit it a lot easier than if I have to like remember to say something. Yeah. Do you know what it is? Text terrifies me as in like, I mean, I've made a career like as a blogger and like I can write, but a lot of text, like if I pick up a book that like frightens me, right? It takes me yeah. a really long time. Same. Yeah, <laughs> I have to use a um, overlay. So I use a colored overlay. So because black on white is just not right for my brain. It's called something specific, but it's linked to dyslexia. Um, so when I write a really long text message, if it's important, it's going to be, you know, I try to make it short as possible. Do you know what I mean though? If it's, if it's got a lot of emotional stuff in it or important stuff, whatever it is, it ends up long, however concise I try to make it. And that freaks me out. And that's why I'd rather voice note because I feel like it's less intimidating, but I know what you mean. Mm. Depends. I try to make it more concise in a voice note, I feel, but 
it's interesting, isn't it? Like what works for different people and why it works. Yeah, because I think also if it depends like what it is that you're talking about yeah, as yeah, well. Totally. Because if it's something that is super emotional, then maybe I would say, here's something quick that I'm going to say yeah. now, but let's talk in person. And exactly. then I would go away and write out something so that my thoughts are all in order before yes. I speak to them. Yes, totally. That is exactly me. I'd always way rather talk to someone in person yeah. than anything else. Like if I have to do it over the phone, fine, but I'd way rather in person because I feel like you can just read people's, you know, tone differently in person, like their body, like their facial expressions, and it makes it so much easier. Mm. Yeah, and I think, I don't know if you find this, but... Sometimes people take me wrong. Like, apparently I can be quite blunt. And like, I'm like, well, maybe you're just a dick. But <laughs> you don't like the truth that I'm telling you. Yeah, I, maybe I, you should just listen. <laughs> I, I think I am a no bullshitter. Like, I can't take fakery. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of that which apparently is part of being neurodivergent where it's like, you, there, there's, a, there's like kind of memes and like TikToks and videos and stuff now about like, how you think that you're really trying to like mask that you're enjoying a conversation, but your face is something different. <laughs> I literally got told off for that in school, I remember. Like just looking at someone, they're like, why are you looking at me like that? And I'm like, like, what? I don't know what I'm doing. But, like, <laughs> I don't want to be speaking to you right now. I can't yeah, hide it. I can't hide my face either. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting subject. Um, <laughs> in terms of your career then, yeah. right? So you're a makeup artist, so you're yes. creative. Before you became a makeup artist, you had started a glitter brand, like an eco-friendly glitter brand, which is, you yeah. know, a makeup brand. And then now you've just come back from India. F like, you've been there for three months. You have been... Kind of you went on a holiday to begin with, right? But then you've been, te like, learning to be a yogi, a yoga teacher. Yes. yes. So what do you think about you makes you want to follow these different career paths? You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So um, good question. I think in terms of like the yoga and um, that kind of side of things, I think yeah. it's the balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in terms of like actually teaching yoga and stuff like that, that's not going to be my full time thing. That's not yeah. my main focus. That is to just reset me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. more than anything. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And just to helped me to learn to reset myself yeah so I've done a yoga course before mm. the last time I did was 200 hours this time I did the 300 wow. so now I'm like technically 500 but um it, like both the first time I did it I just did it to be honest with you just because it was there and I was like this sounds cool why not let's try it mm -hmm. um and I didn't really go in with that much intention but this time when I went in I kind of knew what I was going to expect it's really like physically and mentally um strengthening yeah okay and i think yeah, of course. i think because before i before i got there like obviously you know like my personal life was kind yeah. of a bit upside down yeah. i moved house a million times mm. i was dealing with certain people that i was yeah. getting away from and i think um in terms of like the mental health and physical health aspect of it that was the reason why i felt like i should do it mm -hmm. a lot of people do the courses with the intention of bettering their own practice rather yeah. than teaching yeah, that's and interesting. I would recommend it to absolutely everyone yeah um just in terms of just like rewiring your brain like having a minute to just build new habits and learn new habits and learn new ways of um like self-discipline right yeah so complete self-discipline and it's just like you know learning like the, it forces you to get into a good habit mm -hmm. and it forces you to like learn about ways of thinking and 
you know, ways of like making your blood flow around your body yeah. better so that your brain can move better. And it's like everything is like super connected with like energy. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't go and do a makeup job 100% if I'm not feeling 100%. Yeah, totally. So like it's not so much about doing different careers, but more about balancing my body and my brain to yeah. make my first career better. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. You know, like, I love yoga, and pretty much the, the main exercise that I do now is yoga and Pilates. And I find it really hard to meditate. I always try. I've always tried, you know, um, throughout the years. But, like, I've done yoga and Pilates on and off since I was, like, a, te like a late teen. And took it a lot more seriously in, like, my 20s and my 30s now. And... It's helped so much and it's pretty much, I mean, any exercise helps me to, to like meditate in a form. Do you know what I mean? In, in a yeah. sense, right? Because I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not being distracted by other things. I'm doing the thing. I might be listening to a podcast. So like, because that's the thing, my brain, which is, I always put down to dyslexia, but I think is now, you know, potentially other neurodivergent traits that my brain is going at a thousand miles an hour. Like I have multiple conversations happening, which is why I zone out easily or I like change a subject easily or I have to say something quickly. And all these things I just thought was really irritating. I was always trying to like control them or like better myself because I don't want to piss people off, you know? And I found the only way to like do that and focus my brain was in some form of, of exercise. And yoga is definitely the best form for like meditation. I, I really, unless I'm in a guided meditation on my own, I find that hard, but sometimes I, I can do that. Um, but a guided meditation like class, I find much easier. A yoga class with meditation, you know, you sometimes get them together, but there's always a form of meditation within yoga because you're having to focus on like your breathing and the exercises yeah. as opposed to what are you going to eat and some boy that's annoying you or some woman that you work with that's a bitch or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's interesting to hear you say, like, obviously you had the the kind of option or the opportunity because, like, your parents, like, going to India as well. Like, that kind of opens you up, I suppose, to that mm. world a bit more. But it's, it's so interesting, like, that you did it for you. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I think also, like, so yoga, the whole practice of yoga and all of the asanas is to prepare your body for meditation. Yeah, yeah. So yoga means, like, you know, the connection between your body, your mind, and your spirit, essentially. Yeah. So the whole preparation of every single asana is the preparation for you to go into your final shavasana, you know, your corpse pose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, amazing because it's just, like, a way of, like, helping your body connect to your brain, connect yes. to your everything. Yeah. And, like, without it, like, it really, it really makes such a difference. So, um... Huge difference. Yeah. And just like physically, I always tell people even doing 10 minutes of yoga, like stretches in the morning or in the evening, people will be like, oh, I don't have time to go to a class. It makes the world of difference. 10 minutes, even if that's twice a week, you know, like, but if you can do 10 minutes every day or maybe go to a class once a week, like mentally and physically, like we're so uptight, we're so tense. Yeah. And yoga relaxes you, stretches out your body in a physical way. And like what you're saying from your mind, even... Because obviously you're not really going to go into Shavasana unless you're doing a full class usually, right? But, like, I even find just that 10 minutes of stretching, you're having to just not think about anything else still quiets your mind even for that 10 minutes, which I think is, like, a good way to start your day. Mm -hmm. But obviously doing it properly more often is, like, the peak. And I think every, like, 
if you really look at every hugely successful person in this world, like CEOs and stuff, maybe not your classic white man, but like there's so, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But even still, so many of them do yoga. Yeah. So many of them. So many. I feel like less British people, but like even still, like my dad, he refused to call it yoga. He did yoga his whole life. <laughs> he had a book that's like 100 years old from India because like my grandparents, whole other thing, but because us shitty white people, you know, used to have India in part of our colony, which I hate and hate all the things that we did, obviously. But like the, you know, the um, combination of of us being in India and, and like Indian culture kind of coming over here, that's the good part of it <laughs> that I that is great. And um, it meant because my grandma grew up in India. She was born in India. And my granddad met her in India because he was in the Indian army that like so much of my growing up was around Indian British culture, obviously, but like they had loads of Indian friends and spent a lot of time um, going to India and stuff and bringing stuff back and showing me. And obviously that affected my dad growing up because his mom literally was born in India. So yeah, he did these stretches every single day and I'd be like, well, you basically do yoga, right? And he's like, it's not yoga. And I'm like, this book that you learn all the stretches from that's like a hundred years old by an Indian man. (laughs) (laughs) But do you know what I mean? Like it is actually quite... Although there are still so many people, I think, in this country that like yoga is such a like new thing to them. It's also been in our culture from, you know, Indian people giving it to us for a long time as well. Yeah. I also think um, on the subject of like feeling distracted by things constantly, I think it's because now we have so much technology around us. We yeah. always have to constantly be just like available to like reply to a yeah. message. And I think just... Even just learning to put your phone down and really committing to it, I even have found found one of the hardest things. So hard, so hard. Um, so I think that even could be, I think, a huge reason why so many people have ADHD and... Or ADHD traits. Or ADHD traits, exactly, yeah. yeah. I was um, saying this earlier, actually, that I think I asked in, in another podcast um, episode, I asked Sophie Kay, my friend who's recently been diagnosed with autism and ADHD, if she thinks that that is making us worse or if she finds it easier to basically like short form content, you know, like TikTok, now YouTube does it, Instagram does it. It's like, do you think that makes us worse as people that have like short attention spans or is that a good thing for us? And she kind of thought it was a good thing. Whereas I have this worry, exactly what you just said, that we, we are sort of creating people that then will have the issues that we were maybe born with. Do you know what I mean? And like, we can't help. Um, We're kind of creating those issues in other people through all this short form technology. Yeah, like our attention spans are just like nowhere to be seen because we're constantly like, everything is so quick and so fast and so accessible that we no longer have to like really focus on something to take it in. Exactly. So we're not very good at taking things in. Yeah, it's true. It is true. And it's fucking hard for me anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I know. We don't make it easy for ourselves. No. (laughs) It's a good and a bad thing. I think like it's good to be able to have that short form content for like what you were saying earlier about you can kind of not self-diagnose. I don't know how I feel about that as like a sentence, but um you know learn from educate yeah exactly educate yourself that could lead you to being diagnosed with things that may be life-changing so it's kind of got its pluses and its minuses hasn't it yeah well thank you so much for talking to me today i very much appreciated it oh thank you now i'm gonna go off and ask you about (laughs) what happened in india (laughs) or camera the hot girls (laughs) i know we have so much to catch up on. Um, but no, I really appreciate it. I think it's really interesting that, you know, my friends at Eva, 
neurodivergent people or people that think they might be neurodivergent or if they're not neurodivergent they've got some kind of crippling anxiety <laughs> you know like we're just all a little bit odd and it's <laughs> fucking great yeah. and I hope that people listening enjoy that and can relate to that and if they don't relate to it just maybe can see an insight into like how it is to be us you yeah. know and help them <laughs> communicate and have compassion exactly <laughs> thank you for having me as well oh, thank you and if you want to find out more about nick i will post all of her links um like under this podcast and on my social media thank you for listening to my podcast today um if you would like to find out more about my upcoming episodes tell me who you think should be on the podcast next or have any questions for me you can find me on twitter instagram and tiktok at kitty cowell thank you and peace out